I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, Lamar is for real. Let's step into the huddle. You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast brought to you by LineStar App, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizapia and Scott Bogman. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. It is me, it is Scott Bogman, and it's you, and we're recapping the wild and wacky wild card six-pack of games and looking ahead to next week's divisional playoff round in the NFL. Scott Bogman, we hit on a lot of good things. I played that full Sunday slate, and uh, I had all three Pittsburgh wide receivers. If only I had Big Ben, too. But I got greedy, and I want a little bit more rushing. But uh, look, you know, at the end of the day, we were kind of spot on with our QB picks. We'll recap the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we'll start to hot take some of the games as we look ahead. And we will be here, obviously, uh, ready for DFS the following uh, on Thursday here this week. And, of course, on Friday, we'll have the wagering show. But, Boggs, I know for you, it's been uh, <clears throat> it's been interesting 48 hours or so. I, I feel like just looking at you now, you're in a better place. I think you are, although now you're looking at me like you want to kill me as you, uh, yeah, I got your fault. Not my, your fault. Not your fault. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Robin Williams. All right. So yeah, we're on to 2021, uh, Joe. That's what yes. I'd have to say about the Steelers. So, yeah, you know. I know. And, and look, you know, I, we already talked about on the black book pod, but you know, we'll, we'll touch on it here, but, uh, let's start with the good things. Let's do the good things. And let's start here with the, uh, Indianapolis game, uh, in Buffalo, because, when does De- Stefan Diggs get guarded? I, I mean, every week I feel like we look up and it's like six for 128 and a touchdown, nine for 90 and two touchdowns. Like, is it just me or does anybody else feel like maybe it's time to start game planning for Stefan Diggs and see if you could take him away? I'm, and not to say that Josh Allen can't beat you with the other guys, but geez, Box, like, is Stefan Diggs just like running the muck this year or what? Yeah, I mean, Buffalo has has done a great job of setting him up to succeed as well. And that's exactly what he was not getting in Minnesota, which, you know, um, it, when he started his kind of panic and all that stuff and uh, his trend towards leaving Minnesota, I think a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes and went, this is typical wide receiver stuff. Turns out Stefan Diggs was right. Uh, Minnesota was not using him to the best of their yeah. abilities or his. You know abilities. what? You're right. Retrospect, he he wasn't being used properly. Yeah, and and Buffalo has done a great job of doing that. So he's going to be dangerous no matter who he's going up against. He's got a tough one in Marlon Humphrey uh, this week too. So, uh, but he, I mean, Marlon Humphrey uh, has so many tackles, you know, uh, and and that that means that guys in front of him are getting the ball and he's making the tackle. You know, not doesn't mean that Marlon Humphrey's bad. He allows a lot of short catches and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think Diggs is going to have success with this week, too. So, um, you know, you can double him up. You can guard him. But some guys, as proven in the national championship last night, are just <laughs> too good <laughs> to guard, right? Oh, my God. Jeez. That, that, that's a whole other can of words. We'll get to that because we get to like, previews <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, look, <clears throat> Josh Allen, 324, two touchdowns for him. He played great. There was that one moment towards the end that we all saw Josh Allen of 2018 and 19 where he ran back 30 yards <laughs> trying to make a play in a spot where you should not be trying to make a play. You just eat a sack sometimes or throw a ball away, but then he fumbled the ball and he went, oh, God, 
Here we go again, but they hung on 27-24. Uh, Philip Rivers did a really nice job, too, of utilizing the tight ends in this game, which I thought was great because, you know, the, the corners, Tredavious White and all the guys, that like, they did a great job of shutting down the wide receivers for the most part. A couple, you know, spots where they had some good catches. but Yeah, Hilton only had two for 32, so great Yeah, job well, they took T.Y.L. Him down. And, and, you know, they said beat us over the middle of the field. And, and you know what? I mean, he did everything he could with Doyle. It was a great game for him. Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor, 21 for 78 and a touchdown. There's no doubt in my mind, I don't know about you, that Taylor is a bell cow RB1. I don't care if Hines had a couple big runs in this game. Yeah, Taylor's we're trending in the right direction. That, that, that's yeah. 23 touches for him in this game to seven for Hines. So that <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what we wanted to see the whole year. And we finally got it uh, in the playoffs. But yeah, I, and you know, just to go back to Josh Allen for a second, he's going to have to run more. Zach Moss done for the year uh, with this ankle yeah, injury, which ankle, is not yeah. good for Zach Moss either because he came into the NFL with injury issues out of Utah. So, um, not not a good sign. Hopefully, this is going to be you know something where he would miss a month, and that's pretty much the whole season at this point. So, uh, and he'll be back on time for everything next year. But uh, not a good sign. But Josh Allen should have to run a little bit more, and Singletary becomes more valuable too. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm. I'm hoping that you know this Josh Allen continues to be the Josh Allen. Like I don't want to see him revert into the other guy because that's even if it was just a moment. Like you can't have that guy show up in the division round against the Ravens. Like not not that the Colts are any slouch or anything like that. But you can't have that happen. You got to make sure that you are, you know, going in the right direction with all of that. So, look, it was a great game for him. Uh, I thought the Colts played admirably. Do you think that they should bring back Philip Rivers next year? Because I do, because I feel like there's so many different quarterbacks shuffle going on with all these teams looking for quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks and moving quarterbacks that it seems like the best thing to do is keep some continuity. You're 11 and five. I mean, there's you made the playoffs. You would stick with that, right? Yeah, I think you have to. And I'm not I'm not the biggest advocate for Philip Rivers. I don't know that they lose a ton going to Jacoby Brissett, but they do lose uh going to Jacoby Brissett. So I think right now you gotta stick with your guns and you gotta go with Rivers. And I think he wants to dance one more time. <laughs> I love dancing. Are you a dancer? No, absolutely not. <laughs> No, I'm, so I'm a shocked. funny guy, Joe. Funny guys uh, don't dance. I'm a funny guy. Part. I'm a funny guy. All right. <laughs> uh, there's nothing funny about this Ram Seahawks game. I hated this game. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I did. I mean, it was great to see Cam Akers go off. Twenty. You carries. have some some. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to call it, but some. I have a streak pre- now of twelve straight games where I've picked the Rams wrong. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, this just this this predisposition to hate the Rams. So anytime well, you see why I the hate Rams, them, I, I hate can't figure them out. I can't, yeah. I, I, I can't, no matter what I do, figure them out. And that's well, the, the good news is, is no, neither can anybody else, e- even the Rams. So that's good news. Yeah. Look, um, I'm going to put this gently here, but really not. If Jared Goff was the emergency quarterback and he can come in and still throw for 150 yards or whatever he did, where is Jared Goff starting this game? Like you're the captain. You're the guy getting all the money. You're the quarterback. You're the guy. So it's either he really, really, really was, you know, in a, in a very painful place or Sean McVay is looking at the turnovers or Sean McVay is just worried about Jared Goff and he just wants to run the football and play defense and try to get through this playoff series. And he might be right doing that. So which do you think it is? Because, I mean, if you're Jared Goff, you got to be pounding the table saying, I want to play. I don't care. I mean, that's what the greats do. And I know Jared Goff's not a great, but you got to aspire to be great for God's sakes. 
I mean, he's already been in a Super Bowl once, so we know he can be really good. You know, uh, got to got to win one, I think, to be great, uh, or you know, put up Hall of Fame numbers. He doesn't have either one of those yet. So, um, I, I I don't know, like that, and and that's a cop out answer, but it's the honest answer. I have no idea what they were thinking by not playing this guy. Um, you know, we heard it before the game he was throwing the ball sixty yards down the field, and he, his grip was fine. So I don't know why. He wasn't starting may, you know, I, I suggested this on the black book too, Joe, maybe it's the opposite of, we think, you know, well, clearly McVay doesn't like him. Maybe he likes him so much. He doesn't want to get him hurt, you know, in a playoff game that they were projected to lose and all that stuff. So I don't know, you know, Who I don't have somebody a good so much that they don't want to see them play the hero and win, but he's good now. Like that's that, like when that, a girl that, tells you, I like you so much that I can't be with you anymore. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. God. we've offered <clears throat> that one right Joe. So, yeah i like you so much and we should never see each other again that's right that's- yeah no i but i tend to agree agree with them when they say that to me so you yeah, know what? you're right and we never will uh but but yeah man i mean look this this offense is running through cam Akers now so right no uh, it, it is no oh, okay here we put you on the spot because cam Akers had a couple injury issues this year already too Cam Akers or Jonathan Taylor next year? Who would you rather have on your fantasy Jonathan team? Taylor. John, and it's, okay. not, it's not very close to me, but it's Why? because they had that offense. It, the the philosophy of the Colts is run the ball and play good defense. Uh, you have to pass the ball in today's NFL, so they do. And Ty Hilton, what uh, was great at the uh, in the second half of the year, I think he's going to come into next year healthy. Pittman gets an actual real off season and all that good stuff. Um, and Taylor gets a full off season. So I think this offense is going to click better. They lost Costanzo. He, he retired, but they'll replace him, uh, on the offensive line. That line is still good. It's still well run first. The, the Rams are a bit of a chameleon, you know, they can run the ball, uh, which is what they've been doing right now. Obviously Jared Goff can get into a good rhythm and throw for, you know, 300 yards, multiple weeks in a row. We've seen that before when the Rams and chiefs were going at it. So, they differ a little bit. I think you're you're running your offense through Jonathan Taylor in Indy. So I, I, that's what they're doing right now in L.A. And maybe they'll want to do that. We've seen, you know, McVay offense put up Todd Gurley huge numbers as far as fantasy goes. But right now, I would go with Jonathan Taylor. DK Metcalf had five catches for 96 and two touchdowns. Russell Wilson, <clears throat> just 174 yards passing. So luckily, we stayed away. You know, we tried to stay away from this game, and Acres was that one big spot that did pay off. But I mean, the way the Seahawks defense had played, who'd have thought that that would be, you know, such an enormous game, but it was really just the volume. And maybe we should have been on that a little bit more in retrospect, the 28 carries. I mean, that's, I mean, you're not going to see that number from him next year, <laughs> probably ever yeah. again. Uh, but w- where's the Seahawks right now? Because to me, the answer is going to get a running back of some kind of note. And I think Leonard Fournette is the perfect guy to drop in there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I love, Fournette too I think he would be a great fit here I kind of hope it doesn't happen though because they use multiple backs it's just what they do and who's to say that they they don't like Carlos Hyde and Carson and you know Penny barely played this year and they spent a first round pick on him they uh, still no, on the no roster. more Penny look no. I I'm not agree. Going to go to 2021 where's Kristen Michael well no, I no agree w- with you on your Rashad Penny call I don't think he should have been a first round pick either but they did invest the first round pick on him. They still do like him, but the dude, uh, you know, recovered from his hip surgery, got put on the pup. We all forgot about him. I think he played week 12 or week 11 and immediately got hurt again. So maybe it's time to be done with Penny. I hope you're right. 
Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, that's kind of what we have to say. We know what, what it is. It's Russell Wilson should be throwing a little bit more with Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, but Pete Carroll said uh, kind of out of frustration, we need to get back to running the ball next year. So uh, if they're going to do that, getting a bell cow in a guy like Fournette who can still do it, we saw that this weekend. Um, then uh, I, I would be, I'd be very happy if they, I'd be, I'd be happy if they got Fournette. But I think Carson needs to be gone for him to have all kinds of success. And I don't know that that's happening. All right, let's talk about uh, Washington and Bucks. Uh, Mike Evans six catches for one nineteen. Spread the ball around. AB had a touchdown. Godwin looked very good. Uh, all these guys are a little banged up, uh, but Fournette, 19 carries, 93 to touchdown. Tom Brady, 381, two scores. Uh, he threw four. And Taylor Heineke played as, as good as you could possibly ask him to play. I How want about over- Cam Sims call, by the and way? And the Cam Sims. I was just going to get to that nice. The Cam Sims, exactly where you wanted it to be. Um, look, at the time of recording, we were still thinking Alex Smith was going to be able to play. So, you know, it's always one of those things. So if you ever have questions, just hit mm-hmm. us up on Twitter if there's changes that happen. I know some of you do already, but... Always set us up at Bogman Sports at Joe Pisa Pia 17. We're always happy to jump in there and help everyone. But uh, look, at, at the end of the day, Washington had a very admirable season. I know they were seven and nine, but you know what? This is a 70, seven and 19, I think, on the upswing. You drop a good quarterback in there next year, maybe one or two other pieces. I think with Gibson and McKissick and McLaurin, you could really make something here with that D. But the Bucs just had too much personnel at the end of the day. That's the story yeah. of this game for me. Yeah, I mean, it was just getting torched on offense and not uh, on defense for Washington, which is not the story of them this year. But, I mean, Brady really uh, picked them apart. He didn't have a great completion percentage, but Evans got open when he needed to, made big first downs. Brady was involved. Uh, You talked about the A-B touchdown. Godwin looks healthy now. It was just a little bit too much for Washington. They couldn't keep pace with a really third, fourth string, you know, because it went from, um, you know, it went from Haskins to Kyle Allen to Alex Smith, back to Haskins, back to Alex Smith, then to uh, Taylor Heineke. So, uh, so many people involved here. Um, it really was a mess at the quarterback position. They still played really well. So, like you said, very, very admirable. couple pieces away, but Tampa Bay's dangerous, and A.B. is really starting to peak with Tom Brady. I hate to see it, being a Steelers fan. Oh, but, look, uh, I mean, they were great together last year, so – you know, that was the guy he wanted and he knew it was his kind of guy because he's a guy that can go over the middle too and catch the football still. And, you know, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what, healthy Godwin and AB next year, if, if they can keep this band together next year healthy, which is questionable, but still, that, that would be something. All right, the uh, the big total of the week was a complete letdown. Just 33 points in the Ravens-Titans yeah. game. Ravens-D played incredibly well. <clears throat> they stifled Derrick Henry. Lamar Jackson had 136 rushing yards and a TD. Threw for 179. Marquise Brown had seven receptions for 109. Uh, look, this is becoming quite a rivalry, which I love because I feel like rivalries are dead in sports. And these teams hate each other. And that's good. That's good television. I want to see this all the time. Uh, and the Ravens, of course, move on. And uh, Lamar gets the uh, monkey off his back and gets that first playoff victory, which – you know, if he lost this game, everybody would be talking about Lamar can't be quarterback. You can't, which is all nonsense. Cause the only reason you're yeah. there is because of Lamar yes. and how he played the last six weeks. Yes. The defense is good, but Lamar's put this team on his shoulders. Give this guy a possession wide receiver. And please, for the love of God, don't allow him to go back into this year with the same group of, you know, Marquise Brown is the best guy you could throw to. No, 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 no. You need, you need more uh, Titans Ravens. Your thoughts. I mean, look, 
the Ravens are good, and they've done this while rebuilding, too. I mean, to go from Flacco to Lamar, you know, Flacco, say what you will about him. I, I do not like him at all or his crappy attitude towards Lamar on his way out, but he won a Super Bowl there, and he had them in the playoffs a bunch. So uh, he was a uh, not a franchise quarterback, but a good enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl. To go from him to Lamar Jackson in no time and uh, rebuild this defense, too, with draft picks. It's just kind of incredible what they've done. Uh, I did just black out there for a second, Joe. I feel like Will Ferrell when he was making his argument in the old school, <laughs> complimenting the Ravens. But, uh, I mean, Dobbins is their guy now, even though you know he only ran nine times to eight for Gus Edwards. He is the guy, and Malcolm Brown is uh, – Malcolm Brown. Uh, Marquise Brown <laughs> has, has become – It's been a long season, everybody. Look, you know, we're we're tired. <laughs> but we're he, he is, we refuse to give in. We're here Hollywood. anyway every week. Right. Hollywood uh, is improving, and I don't know if everyone's going to notice it at the end of the year unless the Ravens make a deep playoff run here. Uh, but seven catches, he's getting more and more tar- targets, him and – Lamar, you know, Marquise wasn't a hundred percent last year. He, he and Lamar are, are, you know, really creating this connection right now. So, uh, he has been very, very impressive, unbelievably disappointing. Like you said, uh, from the Titan side, I mean, T- Tannehill did nothing. Uh, Derek Henry averaged just over two yards per rush. It, it was not a great game. They didn't click on offense. Everyone outside of AJ Brown was completely disappointing. AJ Brown was 50% of Ryan Tannehill's passing yards. He got 83 of the 165. Mm, you're right. So you're 100% right. Yeah. And, All right. And, and Davis got hurt. It was just, it, it wasn't Tennessee's year. No, it wasn't. Look, it, it uh, again, the patent lack of pass rush, you know, is, you know, it's the difference between them la- last year and this year. And if they could fix that this offseason, which I think is something you can fix and address in the draft without a doubt. Then I, uh, you know, or even free agency, the clowny thing didn't really work out and, uh, you know, fix up the pass rush, get the kicking game back online. And I think Tennessee will be right back competing again for that division and be a playoff team next year, too. They have a lot of talent on offense. Just got to fix some of the defense uh, situation a little bit. Uh, Saints Bears. This was boring, too. Thank God it was that Nickelodeon game. So we got some slime or something. Uh, but uh, 265 for Breeze and two scores. Alvin Kamara had 99 yards rushing a touchdown. Michael Thomas's first touchdown of the season in the postseason. Ugh, gross. And look, to me, this is, you know, 21-9 was the final. But to me, Bugs, this was all about that one moment with Wims back-to-back. Yeah. Makes that great catch on the sideline. Then the next play, they run that trick play where Trubisky's out to the side. He comes back in, throws the football. The guy's wide open right through his hands, and you go, how are you a professional wide receiver? How do you miss that moment in the game? You know it's coming to you. You just had a big catch. You're feeling it. I, I don't understand. Like I, I just, How do you not be sure that you come down with that ball? It's just crazy to me, and it was a good throw, and that was it. The air went out of the bubble, and the Bears had no chance after that. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. All the momentum was lost on that because that Trubisky's never had a better throw in his career. It was perfect. It was over the defender. It was dropped in the bucket, had perfect touch on it, and Wims just flat out dropped it. And, and that was really in a game this low scoring and the Saints defense playing as well as they were, you know, stifling David Montgomery. He only averaged 2.6 yards per carry. He didn't catch one ball. So they did a great job against him. I mean, six for 55 might be Allen Robinson's worst game of the entire season. You yeah, know, I know, right? Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, he was so good this the year. Bears at this rate. Yeah, he was so, so good this year. To see him uh, fail at the end what was tough to watch, too. But uh, the Saints weren't crazy impressive. I mean, they did enough to beat Chicago. But if they show up uh, against Tampa Bay uh, with this same outlook and, and the same, you know, uh, short passes and, and run the ball and play good defense, they're going to get smoked by Tampa Bay. I hope it doesn't happen. Would really like to not see Brady win another one or uh, AB win one at all. So I'm going to be a huge. Save, save it for the hot takes because I, I might have a hot take on that one too. Uh, I'm, we'll I'm, a, I'm a huge Saints fan this week, but I just, I was. Uh, yeah, they're going to be able to throw the ball, but are save they going to push it? Are they going to push it downfield? You got to save it. You can give it away all the hot takes. No, nothing will be hot. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Steelers and Browns. 48-37, this is what, the fifth highest scoring uh, wildcard game of all time. Most completions in an NFL game most ever. Completions in an NFL game. Uh, also the most points scored in the first quarter of a playoff game, 28. So um, obviously this is, you know, I, I keep going back to this first moment of the game. You know, the ball goes, a bad snap from Pouncey, who's had a bad year, over Roethlisberger's head. He's looking at Connor. Connor's looking at him. Nobody's taking responsibility. Instead of kicking the ball out for a safety, you, you end up with uh, a six the other way. And, you know, the Steelers were playing catch up ever since. Uh, Juju had 13 catches for 157 at touchdown. Uh, Claypool had a few scores. Uh, Deontay Johnson had his catches. Roethlisberger threw for 501 yards and four scores. And Nick Chubb did, uh, did what Nick Chubb does, 18 carries for 76. But Kareem Hunt was running strong and angry in this game, too. Um, the Browns were ready. The Browns were hungry. The Browns were up against, it was us against the world. And it's tough to be the team three times in a season. I mean, it's just a fact. And the Browns had nothing to lose and the Steelers had everything to lose. And the Browns, I, to me, you know, I, the more perspective we have now after a whole, you know, 48 hours or so to me, it's more at this point, it looks to me like, you know, the Browns were just fast and loose and the Steelers were tight and they knew all the pressure was on them and the Browns knew it and they took advantage of it. Well, the bottom line is you turn the ball over four times and you're not going to win. You nope. Know? But if you throw the ball 68 times, you're not going to win. And Pittsburgh yeah. Pittsburgh is dead last in the league in rush yards. Dead last. They have 1,351 as a team. That is absurd for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is absurd for them. Uh, it's and, the lowest total, I think, in 50 years. So uh, It's crazy. Uh, Derrick Henry had 2,000 by himself. It's they Derrick Henry had more yards after contact than the Steelers had rushing. So, uh, that, that, I mean, these are, these are bad stats guys, you know, uh, and Pittsburgh's offense was one dimensional. Uh, it made, uh, easy passing lanes, four picks balls tipped at the line. Roethlisberger led the league in that as well. Uh, staring down receivers a little bit. Also you throw the ball too many times. You give more opportunities to have that ball tipped. So, um, could, couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, another game where Connor had 37 yards and average 3.4 yards per carry. Um, and Ben had to throw the ball 68 times in this game to try to play catch up and it didn't work. And, you know, Baker had three touchdowns, but his three touchdowns, you know, the, the one to Hooper was a great throw and he had another one to Hooper that hit him right in the face and he dropped, but he threw a screen pass to Landry who juked two guys and, and took it in. He threw a screen pass to Chubb who took it in as, as well. This is exactly what you want. If you're Cleveland, you don't want Baker to have to make throws late for you or um, make tough throws. You want him to be able to hand the ball to Chubb and Hunt 
and then make short passes and have your playmakers do stuff with it. Everything worked for Cleveland. Nothing worked for Pittsburgh. It was, you know, 11 weeks of bad luck all in one week coming out here to flush them down the toilet. And, um, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland's going to have a tough one. Uh, they can do it against Kansas City. Uh, I and I said before, you know, I can't complimenting the Ravens and the Browns in this podcast. And <laughs> this, um, I know this has been a really tough well, few days for Bogman, everybody. Please, please send him <laughs> something like, you know, send him an edible <laughs> arrangement, either the edible kind or the fruit kind. It doesn't matter. Send, send him something because it's been a right. tough couple of days. He's had to say nice things. He's rooting for Tom Brady. The Steelers are out of the playoffs. Thanks well, to look, the Browns. We, we've and I said it before. I don't think Baker Mayfield is a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but I don't know that he's much above that line of minimum that you want in the NFL, but he can go on a streak. We've seen him do it before. So if he does it in the playoffs and the Browns beat the chiefs, I won't be shocked. I'll be surprised, but I won't be like, this is out of the realm of possibility. That's, that's what people thought against Pittsburgh. And I knew that Pittsburgh could lose this game easily. And they did. So, um, you know, just uh, Pittsburgh going out on a low note. Seems like Ben is going to come back next year. Pouncey already said he's done. Um, so, really, uh, I, I didn't even catch that. Like, yeah, done. yeah. I mean, he hasn't officially filed papers, but he's leaning that way. I think Ben's going to try to talk him out of it uh, because they're good buddies and all that stuff. But uh, I'm I'm quietly over here hoping like let's draft a center in the first round and let Pouncey go. I've I've had enough. So no, I can um, understand that. All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's let's do the hot takes and let's. Uh, Let's look ahead at the games. We've got the Colts and Bills, obviously. Um, I'm sorry, that was Colts and Bills for last week. My bad. We've got uh, we've got the Bills and Ravens, which, um, look, that that is the game that I've got my attention on because, to me, those were the two teams that had the most juice going into the playoffs. So, for me, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see, you know, the teams that are the hottest. I'd like to see them in the championship game, but, alas, here we are. So, the question for me is, can – the Baltimore Ravens do enough to slow down what Josh Allen's been doing. And are the Buffalo bills going to be able to at least contain Lamar Jackson. Now, the good news is if you know, the, the secondary of the bills hits hard is not afraid to tackle. They're aggressive. You know, there's some secondaries and you know this, and I know this. some corners who hate to tackle some, some safeties, you know, nah, Ohio State. we've seen it over the year i mean deon sanders were the greatest quarterback of all time hey deon didn't want to tackle anybody but not the bills no not poyer and hyde and those guys they like to come at you so to me like that's a story like he gets out there in space they are gonna go get him i i still think that the bills are gonna pull this out because i think they're a more complete football team but you know if the if the if the ravens can drag them down to their level Who's to say they can't grind out another victory here on the road? I think it's going to be tough, but, you know, that I think also, correct me if I'm wrong, do you think a little air went out of the balloon a little bit? Like, you you beat the Titans, you hated the Titans, you stomped on their thing because they stomped on your thing, blah, 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 and you won your first playoff game. I'm concerned about a letdown. That's my big concern. I understand that, but I think uh, I think there was a bigger letdown with Buffalo letting the Colts play close to them at home. You know, uh, I, I thought that let down. like, is that like, Oh my gosh, we really got to, you know, keep it tight here. The Colt, the Colts had a shot at the end. I think that's a letdown. You know, if, if they scored late to pull it within three and blah, 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 then I'd say, okay, more of a letdown, but the Colts had a shot 
to to take that game. And I think that's a little bit of a letdown. This game, there's a reason why the line right now is only Buffalo by two as the home team. This is going to be a hotly contested game, but I do see this going one way or the other. I don't see this. I don't know who it's going to be right now, and I don't know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to have to to dive a little deeper here. But I do think this is going to be a one way or the other. I think Buffalo is either going to be able to stop Lamar and you stop Lamar, you stop Baltimore overall, or it's going to be Buffalo is getting run over right now by by Baltimore and Baltimore wins this game going away. I'm kind of leaning more towards that, to be honest, at this point. So um, yeah. it's going to be a good one for sure. I hope it's a tight one, but I, I kind of see it going other way. I think Baltimore is going to win this game. All right, I'm probably going to be on the Bills side, but we got a couple of days to think more about this. Uh, Rams and Packers, look, if you're telling me Jared Goff is that hurt that he's sitting behind John Walford, how the hell are you going to go into Green Bay and win when they're off a bye and Aaron Donald has a torn cartilage in his rib cage? Like, I know Ramsey's been great in Donald's all-world, and they both had fantastic seasons, but I'm pretty sure this is the end of the Rams here. Mercifully, please, for the love of God, can this please be the end of the Rams? But I, I think the Packers win this one going away. But look, you never know. Sometimes it can come out flat. I get that. You know, the Rams are another underdog in this game, and they know it. But I just think there was so much familiarity with Seattle. They were able to grind out a victory because they were so familiar. I mean, I mean that 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 interception that they ran back for a touchdown on Russell Wilson. You you mentioned it on Blackbook too. You know, you know exactly what they're going to run, <laughs> and then you know it's easier to jump the routes and, and get on there. It's going to be a little harder. There's not as much familiarity with the Packers. And I think the Packers are going to take care of their business here and fresh off a bye. I expect them to at 13 and three and and they've played much better football going into playoffs this year than last year. I honestly, I think I'd be more surprised with the Rams beating the Packers than I would be if the Browns beat the chiefs. Uh, I think, I think that's kind of where I'm at on the Rams. They've been so, you, you know, beat a dead horse here. They've been so Jekyll or Hyde up and down. It's hard to pick them from week to week, but I think the Packers are too dominant. They're rested. They're roaring and ready to go uh, hosting a, a playoff game. They got the number one seed. You know, the NFC goes through Green Bay, and that's exactly what you want in Green Bay. So uh, I, I think this is this is the easiest call of the week to me. I think the Packers win this game, and I think they beat the spread too. All right, let's move on to Sunday's games. You got the Chiefs and Browns, and you know, surely off the bye, you would also expect the Chiefs to be able to take care of their business. They're 14 and two, the Browns 11 and five. Um, Kareem Hunt certainly has got a lot to say. He's looking for some revenge, but I, I, I got to tell you, my initial instinct is the Browns to cover just because Kansas city isn't blowing people away. Uh, and, and they keep letting teams kind of come back into games. And that defense is not playing the way it was last year. Um, and you know, I, I feel like the Browns again, house money, dangerous. Nobody expects us to be here. We lose, we lose. We win, we shock the world, and I think that makes them dangerous. Now, I think Mahomes and company will win, but I think this one's going to be close, closer than people think. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I I think this is going to be um, Tyreek Hill just torching the Browns. If they can All get right. some of those guys back, um, that you know, if Denzel Ward can come back, that's going to be huge. I just don't know if he's expected to to miss this week as well. They did a great job last week. I think this is where you know. Uh, a team that hasn't been in the playoffs for 18 seasons. They get their first win since 1994 or whatever. I think this is where, you know, they, they celebrated and, and they get beat. I'm not Chase Claypool over here. I'm not sitting here telling you that they're definitely going to get smoked so it doesn't matter or any of that stuff. But I just, I don't, 
I don't realistically see a way that the Chiefs uh, that that the Chiefs lose this game, but the Browns formula would be run the ball as much as you can, keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, and uh, force turnovers. So they did it to Pittsburgh. If they can do it to Kansas City, they can win this game, but I just don't see it happening. I got Kansas City pretty easy. All right, and uh, last but certainly not least, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks to the top five to ever play the position, squaring off, which could be Drew Brees' last game if things don't go right. I understand the Saints have just handed it to the Bucs, and I think the Bucs recognize that too. However, I got to say, coming into this game, you know, you've got that Tom Brady thing. He knows he's been embarrassed twice now by the Saints, first week of the season, and then obviously at home getting torched by the Saints. I don't know. I I think you're going to see a different – Tampa Bay team and early right now my feeling is that I think that Tom Brady's got all these weapons clicking now and he kind of has a little bit more confidence and I like this team a little bit more when Fournette's running the football than Ronald Jones it's just me a little bit more physical guy so I don't know man like I just I hate to see the Saints kind of go out like this because every year it seems to be disappointing but I was not impressed with them last week against the Bears like they should have handled the Bears like just yeah. wiped the floor with them and they did not there's no fire here. It seems like, yeah, uh, that's, you know, that's it. Brady's that, got that, fire. They're, they're ready to go. Like they're into it. Yeah. And, and everyone's talking about how breeze is definitely retiring after this year and all that stuff. That that's more of the talk. That's more of the talk going in, uh, in a game that they were expected to win. I think this game is a coin flip. You know, I, I know that the saints have embarrassed Brady. Uh, they're at home and all that stuff, but it's not the same. You know, they don't have the dome advantage and there's going to be nobody in there. So, um, uh, I, I think I just don't see how Tampa Bay loses this game. And I know that's kind of, you know, they were the hottest team in the NFL going into the last game that they played against New Orleans and they got smoked. I, I get that. But look, I've seen the Steelers beat Brady in the regular season and then get absolutely hammered by him in the playoffs. That has been the story of uh, Tom Brady versus my Steelers for a long time. So I'm not going to be surprised when it happens against the Saints. I've got Tampa Bay and that uh, that offense right now is clicking on all cylinders. They just aren't in New Orleans. So you win with turnovers, though. You, tu- you make Brady turn the ball over. You can absolutely take this game. And they're at home. Uh, defense played well against Chicago. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky versus Tom Brady, is there's a big difference there. You think? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. All right. We're going to have some more time to think about this stuff, and we'll take you through the uh, four games coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, some really marquee matchups should be very fun. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at LineStar app at LineStar NFL. Go get that LineStar app and upgrade to the premium product. we got baseball right around the corner. Any day now, we're going to have spring training. And before you know it, the On Deck Show will be back as well with me and Bubba, and we'll be rocking and rolling on that. In the meantime, it's more football. And you can hit us up at Twitter at JoePizzaPia17 and at Bogman Sports. That'll do it for us. There's nothing left to do now except down, set, You've been listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, drop a review, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Scott Bogman.